2: It's just
3: being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under
0: 17, not a minute without parent, only in theaters, May 17th.
1: Hello, and welcome to Food Stuff. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum.
0: And today we're talking about maple syrup.
1: Yes, maple syrup. So many of you have suggested this, and you've told us about amazing festivals. Oh, yeah, there's so many of them and we we desperately want to go, but thank you to uh, thank you for writing in and suggesting yes. and also making us incredibly jealous
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah we we just missed all of them, I think yeah uh, they're they're all in late March and early April, mm-hmm. but so if you're listening to this as it comes out, you have a whole year to
1: plan. You could plan, oh my gosh, a whole maple syrup tour road trip yes, <gasps> a tour de to syrup <laughs> oh. Man, let us in on that, please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I have an unattributed quote. Ooh, quote of the episode. They say blood is thicker than water, but maple syrup is thicker than blood. Therefore, my loyalties lie with pancakes. <laughs> I can appreciate that. Yeah
0: I, yeah, I might be more of a waffles person than a pancakes person, but I appreciate the sentiment.
1: I I prefer waffles as well, but I do like a a good pancake. I, I can't wait to do an episode on pancakes because me, for me, and most of my friends, pancakes, when they were kids, made it, they made us all nauseous. Really? Yeah, like some kind of weird thing, and I'm Did interested. Did you eat too many? Was it like a— No, it was like two bites in. Felt oh. nauseated. So, well, duly noted. Yeah, not, not anymore. <laughs> Love me a good pancake. But it was it was weird. It was almost all of my close group of friends in high school. We did not eat pancakes because it always like, feels strange.
0: How are you pancaking? How did you <laughs> pancake
1: so wrong? Well, it could be because of the syrup I was using. Because right. I hadn't tried real maple syrup until I think last year. Wow. When a coworker of ours bought some back from Vermont. Um, and I just had pretty much like Aunt Jemima my whole life.
0: This is this is crazy to me because I grew up. I was born in Ohio. Uh, mm-hmm. I lived my early years in Ohio, and I mean, like I I have watched people tap maple trees and collect sap from them oh, to make cool. syrup. Uh, like one of my cousin's weddings, the favors were bottles of maple syrup that they had bottled that they had made and bottled themselves.
1: Oh, that's so cool.
0: Uh, like maple candy is a thing that I grew up eating and still have huge nostalgia for. Mm. So I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> like mind completely blown.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm very sad about it in a, in like a, I can't believe I was wasted this. years. Yeah, all yeah. of this time.
0: Uh, I'm going to get you some maple candy. We're gonna are gonna Ooh. make this work. Yes, I'm so okay. excited. Uh, also, this is uh, a throwback mention to our uh, juicing yes. and/or detox episode,
1: right? Because it's one of the main ingredients of the Master Cleanse, I believe. Yeah, yeah, it's like maple, lemon, and cayenne pepper or something.
0: Yeah. While I was doing research for this episode, I ran across a a cocktail recipe. For oh. the uh, for the retox cocktail, which was <laughs> those things plus bourbon,
1: basically. I could go for that. <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> uh-huh. But okay. Maple syrup. What is it? Great question. Great question.
0: <laughs> maple syrup is the concentrated sugary sap of maple trees, usually specifically sugar maples or acer saccharum although other species of maples can be used too, and in fact are. You can harvest the sap from trees by literally tapping them. I mean, like putting in a spout-like tap, not by like poking them lightly with a fingertip <laughs> over and over. I'm glad you clarified. Yeah, that wouldn't, that wouldn't work as well. Huh. No. Uh, <laughs> then you, you cook the resulting sap uh, down into syrup, and the resulting flavor is quite sweet, with notes that can be woody, floral, like vanilla, sort of caramely, and or herbal whole bunch of stuff going on there, yeah, the trees are native to the northeastern north central parts of North America, like like United States and Canada kind of area, and they can live for hundreds of years and reach heights of over one hundred feet or thirty meters. Wow, and their leaves turn this really brilliant yellow then orange then red in the fall before falling off for the winter mm-hmm. and they're they're lovely, they sound lovely, yeah. And their sap is collected in the late winter and then processed into syrup ASAP. As soon as possible. Yes. We need syrup
1: in our faces. Totally.
0: Yes. Well, otherwise it goes bad because it's got high high water content. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Got to keep it cold. Got to use it soon. Okay. Not the maple syrup. I mean, maple syrup also, once you open a bottle, keep it in the fridge. Oh, really? Yeah, it's not shelf-stable.
1: Oh, my gosh. I'm learning so much. (laughs) Learning so much. Canada has a grading system. For, oh, yes. Yeah, for maple syrup based on the color extra light, AA, light, A, medium, B, number two, amber, <laughs> C, and number three, dark, D. The US has a simple light, which is denoted by A versus dark, B, distinction, but Vermont has a whole grading thing of their own. Oh, yeah. The descriptors are great there's golden color with delicate taste, amber color with rich taste. Dark with robust taste and very dark with strong taste. Strong taste. Mm. Mm-hmm. Thanks to Mental Floss for that breakdown. <laughs> huh. um, and you, as you might guess, by the flag and our basic conversation so far, it's kind of a big deal in Canada. Yeah,
0: maple is sort of a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I believe probably half of the listeners who suggested maple syrup were from Canada and the other half were from Vermont. <laughs> Uh, And like wine, salt, mushrooms, oysters, so many things we've talked about, the flavor of maple syrup is impacted by the soil, the tree, the weather, meaning you should sample different syrups like wines if the opportunity presents itself, and I certainly hope it presents itself to us. Yes. We need to work on this. We absolutely do. We're looking at the health. um, Though the sap by itself is relatively low in sugar, A good maple syrup is about 66% sugar or higher.
0: Uh, It's mostly sucrose, if you were wondering, with a little bit of glucose and fructose mixed in there.
1: It's about 50 calories per tablespoon with a decent amount of calcium and potassium. No cholesterol, no fat. Um, A fake maple syrup is made of high-fructose corn syrup, cellulose gum, coloring. Um, If you look at the labels, they almost certainly don't have maple in the product name. Mm -hmm. but Instead, pancake syrup or breakfast syrup, which is one of those things that when I read that, The light clicked in my head oh, "Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. (laughs) So I really wasn't having maple syrup. It was right in front of me all along. (laughs) Um, And if you haven't surmised already, Vermont takes their syrup seriously. And in 2011, McDonald's found itself in a legal battle after selling a product called fruit and maple oatmeal. Except it wasn't with maple. It was with the fake stuff. The gasp. In Vermont, it is illegal to use the word maple if the sweetener is not involved, if the sweetener involved is not 100% pure maple. So McDonald's found itself in a bit of a pickle that tasted like maple syrup. Vaguely
0: mapley pickle. <laughs> yeah.
1: I would mm. eat that. I would try that. Yeah. We we try. We'll try just about anything. We, yeah. If you didn't see our our social. Most recently, we tried the, the peanut butter and pickle. So maple and pi- pickle, well, we already got yeah. like, some of the pickles left over. So. Yeah,
0: and the maple and or the, the peanut butter and pickle was pretty okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. We'll table that for later. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, let's talk about how we get maple syrup. Oh, yeah. Yeah. To get one gallon of syrup, you're going to need about 40 gallons of sap because the sap is 98% water. And per season, the average tree will yield somewhere between 5 and 15 gallons of sap. So you're going to need a lot of trees. Um, Generally, this is all generally. There are outliers that produce way more or way less.
0: Right. And uh, the reason that these sugar maples or rock maples are used so frequently is that they produce more sugar than a lot of other maple trees. You can also do this with birch trees. I guess you could do it with other kinds of trees, too, but I'm not sure. Your results may vary. Yeah. (laughs) More about that possibly in another episode. Okay. So, trees. Yeah. They make sap. They do. They do. Uh, Some more than others and all with different properties. But sap is the sugary energy source that trees create from photosynthesis. And then they use that sap to power their cells and their growth. Sap is, uh, that sugar stuff, rather, is mixed with water drawn up from the tree's roots. And the sap also contains a number of, of minerals and other compounds due to all of this process. Mm-hmm. Some trees have a specific growing season. In maples, that's the warm spring and summer when light is plentiful.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: In the fall and winter, the trees stop growing and kind of batten down the proverbial hatches for the, for the cold weather and shorter days. So they store any excess sugars for use the next growing season. One of the storage units for all this sugary sap is rays in the trunk.
1: Rays. Rays. Not like the Star Wars character just hanging out. <laughs> no, there's not a bunch of tiny Star Wars ladies with lightsabers.
0: Okay, just checking. In trees that I'm personally aware of. Oh man, that's true. <laughs> All right. Have you have you ever seen a cross section of a of, of a tree trunk? Oh yes. Yeah. All uh-huh. right. So so it's got rings. It's got rings, concentric rings that represent growth seasons, like like Dante's Inferno. Right. Um, And running perpendicular to those rings, from the center of the tree out to the bark, you'll also see rays. In a living tree, these are chains of cells that store sugars for growth and repairs. And normally, the tree's cell structure and, you know, stiff outer bark will keep the sap just cozily insulated until spring. But it's pretty easy to disrupt that insulation and get the sap to flow right out to you during certain temperature conditions because of physics. Oh, physics! <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, for, first, disrupting the the insulation. That part's easy. You you drill a hole into the tree's trunk and gently hammer in a spout or tap or spile, and a wee bit of sap is going to start flowing out um, fr- from the sp- from the cells immediately surrounding the tap. But the way that you get it to really flow is so cool. Literally. Uh, yeah. Um, okay, the the reason that maple sap is harvested in the late winter, like I said, is that that's when the ambient temperature starts going significantly above freezing during the day up into like the 40s or 50s, but then dipping back down below freezing at night. In Celsius, that's going up to about 5 or 10 degrees during the day. And this means that at night, the sap cools and will even freeze inside the trunk. As you may remember from our episode on soft drinks, Colder temperatures mean that gases can more easily dissolve into liquids. So overnight, gases get dissolved and compressed and frozen into the sap. And the next day, when warmer temperatures melt the ice and those gases are released, they expand, pushing the sap right out of the tree. All you've got to do is, like, hang a bucket, and you've got sap.
1: Oh, pretty cool. Yeah.
0: Don't worry about the trees, by the way. They're they're fine. Uh, you could certainly over-tap a tree if you were trying, but it would take a lot more than a single hole or even two or three. A, a properly made tap hole will repair itself within a couple years, too, allowing for a, a long and uh, uh, productive
1: life. An illustrious career. Yes. <laughs>
0: And you can keep this this uh, the sapping process up as long as the nights freeze and the days warm up until the tree begins budding new leaves. At which part? At which point the tree starts producing other compounds that will make the sap taste off. Uh. I've heard it referred to as like old shoe flavor. Oh no! Not what you want
1: in no. your delicious maple syrup. No, <laughs> not generally. Do I want an old shoe flavor? <laughs>
0: I've never seen that on a label. Now, no. an old shoe
1: flavor. <laughs> Ooh, I guess I see things described as leather sometimes. Sure, oh. I don't think
0: that's what they're talking no, about. No, I here. don't.
1: I mean, old shoe is very, it's very specific
0: and evocative. Yeah. yeah. No. No thanks. No. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you've got you've got your sap. Um, at, at its most simple. You get maple syrup from sap by tapping a sugar maple, collecting the sap, and taking water out of the sap via boiling and or other science until it's gone from like 2% sugar to about 66% sugar, as Mm -hmm. you were saying. These days, though, farms might have a couple thousand trees or a couple hundred thousand trees, and they might pipe the sap through hundreds of miles of tubing to a sugar house where the sap is processed. And... At that point, it gets a little bit more complicated because in these large productions, and even in some home productions, the sap is run through a reverse osmosis unit before it's cooked down. And, all right, reverse osmosis is a type of filtration system that's more than just like big molecules get stuck on one side and smaller molecules go through to the other side. That's Mm -hmm. your basic filtration. This is a little bit more. Um, Basically, you apply pressure to a solution of water plus stuff that's on one side of a semipermeable membrane, and on the other side you've got purer water uh-huh normally, the way osmosis works is, is the purer water would want to come through to dilute the solution, but because you're applying pressure to it and and a, and a couple other conditions caused by the pressure, you're reversing the normal flow of osmosis, forcing the purer water to all collect on one side and then the increasingly dense solution of water and stuff to collect on the other. And this gets a whole bunch of water out before you start cooking the sap, which means you can save a whole lot on energy. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah, the the, the cooking process, you essentially set it out in big trays and heat the trays. That's it? until Until it's syrup. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, and As then yeah. Either way, you uh, you you filter it, and then it's essentially that's what you got.
1: That's what you got.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I every time you were saying SAP, I kept thinking of a Jurassic Park, that DNA video, Mr. <laughs> yeah. DNA, uh huh, and it get caught in the SAP. <laughs> I watched that last night, so it's like really on my fresh brain. in your mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Different thing. Yes. <laughs> uh, no dinosaurs involved in this episode that we that we know no, of. Oh, again, not yeah. that I know of. There's a lot of mysteries <laughs> to be solved, listeners. A lot of mysteries out there. <laughs> All right. So let's talk some maple syrup numbers. Yeah. Um, as you may have heard in the news lately, uh, maple syrup makes some big bucks. Such big bucks that it inspired theft. And in 2012, criminals absconded with 6 million pounds of maple syrup from the warehouse of the Federation of Quebec Maple Syrup Producers, worth about $18 million. That's so much syrup. I know. $18 million of syrup. And 6 million pounds. That's wild. I do not have the technology. No. Or the brain power. No. <laughs> 23 people have been arrested so far. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. But authorities are still missing one-third of what was taken, so they have recovered two-thirds. And this is one of the largest agricultural thefts of all time. There's been some really big ones, so that's impressive.
0: Uh, And and the the Quebec Maple Syrup Producers uh, Organization, by the way, has been keeping reserves of syrup to accommodate for fluctuations in production back since the year 2000.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Never want to be out of that maple syrup. Oh, no. The price can fluctuate wildly depending on the season. Time reported in 2009 that maple syrup would run you about $80 a gallon in some places. Yeah. Um, About 8% of our supply comes from Canada, and two-thirds of that comes from Quebec. Korea, however, prefers the sap they gather from the Korean maple tree, and they consume a lot of it, sometimes as much as five gallons in one go. Of the sap, not the syrup. Yes, important, important yeah. safety <laughs> tip. Just <laughs> guzzling <laughs> gallon after gallon <laughs> <of> syrup. <laughs> yeah, the tree's name translates to "tree good for the bones." Uh, birch sap is a popular drink in Russia and other parts of Northern Europe, and here
0: in the United States, there has been, from time to time, a market for maple sap called
1: maple water. Oh, very fancy. Oh yeah. Or, I don't know. It sounds very. Fancy. It sounds lovely. It does. <laughs> Okay, so that's the overview of maple syrup. What is it? Answered. But what about the history? What about it? We'll get into it right after a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies.
3: at purdueglobal.edu.
4: Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a and Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah!
1: The indigenous peoples of North America were most likely the first to figure out the secret to tapping maple trees. And we can find a few legends about the discovery in the historical record. Um, There's a legend that a chief threw a tomahawk at a tree, and the syrup overfloweth from the cut. And I believe his wife, she collected it, and then she accidentally, maybe not accidentally, she um, was out of water, and she used the sap to cook venison in or Ooh. something, and they were like, "Wow, this, this is the best. This tastes so good. Um, there's another legend that some, well, it's not really a legend. Maybe some just oozed out from a broken branch on a maple tree. Um, perhaps uh, it froze and became a sapsicle. I did not make that word up. Oh, yeah, no, that's a real word. Sapsicle. <laughs> sapsicle. <laughs> I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, or perhaps um, some folks got the idea by watching Animal Life. Always a possibility. Mm -hmm. Um, Accounts from arriving settlers described Native Americans slashing into trees with their tomahawks, then collecting the sap with a reed or a concave piece of bark in vessels of sewn-together birch bark that were made waterproof by adding boiled pine cones to the seams. Um, And these vessels were later replaced with iron kettles. According to the American Maple Museum... Jacques Cartier observed North American maple trees in 1540, and French monk André de Tibet wrote about the North American maple sugaring in 1557 CE. Obviously, hopefully. Yes. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Um, collection and distillation of maple sap by the Mi'kmaq tribe was detailed by Marc Lescarbot in 1606. And written records show that by 1760, and probably earlier, um, with that distillation, the syrup was sometimes boiled down to sugar and added to water or porridge made of ground-up corn on meat and fish in the place of salt. I found a document listing the ways Native Americans utilized maple sap syrup sugar, and it was quite long, ranging from beer to bread to venison, all kinds of things. When the Europeans arrived, the Native Americans taught them how to extract it, and it was their go-to when other sweeteners, like molasses or refined sugar, were hard to come by. The authors of Eating in America, a history, describe maple syrup as one of the, quote, most important contributions of Northeastern Native Americans to American cooking, one that impressed Europeans enormously. As (laughs) opposed to other stuff that they were like, that's lame. Yeah. (laughs) What are you doing there? Pumpkin. Ha! (laughs) Um, (laughs) Actually, they were impressed by the pumpkin. I don't know. Beginning in the 16th century, dairy farmers sometimes referred to maple trees as sugar bushes and would drill holes into these trees. With a bucket hung underneath, during the brief window, they could get to the sap as a way to make a little extra money, or if they just wanted a sweetener for themselves. Sure. Every couple of days, the farmers would pour the contents of the buckets into a bigger vessel and haul them off to a sugar house. There, they'd boil the sap over a fire... To get the syrup. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A 1671 account from a French Jesuit priest mentions a liquor that runs from the trees called maple water. Once the Europeans followed the Native American example, many folks began using it as their main sweetener. Over two centuries ago, early Americans were consuming maple syrup at a rate of four times higher than our current one. And the reason for this was largely price. At the time and up until at least 1860, cane sugar from the Spanish West Indies would run you way, 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 way more. And according to records from the 1870s, the Winnebago and Chippewa tribes were rumored to sell 15,000 pounds of maple sugar a year to the Northwest Fur Company. Oh, wow. Yeah. Other written descriptions describe the, ma- the maple harvesting season. As a sort of carnival for the Native Americans when children would boil the sack to sugar, then pour it into the snow to make candy. Still a thing. Is it really?
0: Yeah. That's oh, so exciting.
1: <laughs> Did you ever do that? No. Oh man. But I've but I've like watched it then. Oh, that's cool. Later, a German explorer wrote that you could find maple candies in all kinds of shapes, like flowers and animals. The authors of the aforementioned Eating in America contended that the prominence, popularity, and sweetness of maple syrup led to a prevalence of sweetness in the new American cuisine, particularly in the North and New England. And they gave honey-baked ham as kind of an example, or sweetened pork meats. (laughs) It's a weird way to say that. But, yeah, you know, like the sugared ham or sugared bacon or kind of that thing. Yeah, Um, The Quakers, who were abolitionists, Made and promoted maple sh- sugar as a replacement for sugar cane obtained through slave labor in the West Indies in 1788. They were led by Dr. Benjamin Rush, and he caught the ear of someone who comes up a lot in our episodes. Mm-hmm. No, not Columbus. Napoleon. No, alas. He hasn't come up in a while. I know, right? Napoleon, you've been slacking. Yeah, come on. <laughs> it's Jefferson, uh. Thomas Jefferson. Jefferson became a member of Russia's Society for Promoting the Manufacture of Sugar from the Sugar Maple Tree. Just rolls (laughs) off the tongue, I tell (laughs) you. Jefferson thought that if American farmers could produce enough maple sugar to satisfy the country's need and still have some left to export, then they could put a stop to the British cane sugar operation. Ah. Um, At the time, even though maple sugar wasn't exactly the easiest thing to produce, this was not unfeasible An average farm family reasonably could have churned out 200 pounds a season. Wow. Rush and Jefferson made pamphlets. (laughs) I don't know why I got so excited when I read those. Like, oh. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Along with the anti-slavery sentiments, it did come with less than scientific claims the pamphlets did, like this one. The plague has never been known in any country where sugar composes a material part of the diet of the inhabitants. Mm. I mean, no, right? That's, no, (laughs) <laughs> I can't I haven't fact-checked that we haven't fact-checked it we did not fact-check Jefferson's claim that there's no plague <laughs> uh, where they eat sugar yeah. I'm not positive uh, I don't think so but anyway he, uh, Jefferson started up his own maple plantation in 1791 in his Monticello home by 1818 maple sugar's price tag was half that of cane sugar in 1858 The evaporating pan is patented in 1860, the first metal sap spout. That same year, the U.S. produced 40 million pounds of maple sugar and 1.6 million gallons of maple syrup, the highest in our history. Peak U.S. maple syrup. Um, We see a lot of evaporating pan innovations all the way up until the 1900s and the first sugar evaporator in 1884 Alas, the very next year, for the first time, the price of cane sugar fell below that of maple sugar. The Vermont Maple Sugar Makers Association (laughs) was founded in 1893 and started putting those standards together. The Pure Food and Drug Act passed in 1906, and it made adulteration of maple syrup with glucose illegal. In 1966, Robert Lamb... Not 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 our Robert Lamb. No, not that Robert Lamb. No. Um, patented a plastic tubing system for uh, getting your maple syrup.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, researchers had begun experimenting with that reverse osmosis for water filtration around the 1950s. It had been around for a couple centuries before then, but they really, in earnest, started in the 1950s, uh, specifically for getting the salt out of salt water. By the 1970s, maple farmers began applying this technology to syrup production. Mm-hmm.
1: In 1975, the Maple Syrup Institute was formed. And similar to most organizations we've talked about that are sort of, I like the Mushroom Council, Mm -hmm. um, the goal was to set standards and to increase awareness and to increase sales, of course. Mm -hmm.
0: And these days, many maple farms are implementing a lot of green energy technology, Uh, solar and wind power, even methane from cow manure Mm -hmm. as a sort of upcycled fuel. And this is less expensive in the long run than traditional grid power, but the push for cleaner energy sources is perhaps particularly important to maple sugar farmers because climate change and global warming are particularly threatening to them. Uh, shorter winters mean shorter sugaring seasons and thus lower yield, and eventually in some areas that may see like significantly higher temperatures and less rainfall, uh, less healthy trees and an even lower yield over time. Uh, though that is partially being offset by improvements in other technologies, uh, for example, uh, sanitation, uh, sap collection techniques, that those reverse osmosis machines, evaporators, they're all getting more efficient all the time, both in terms of energy use and total output
1: of sap per tree. More efficient all the time. hmm Maple syrup. <laughs> That's the history portion. I, um, <laughs> I found this excellent... Very thorough document from a I believe a maple syrup museum, uh-huh, and it went like on into every every type of um spout that had ever been used, or just
0: oh that's so great.
1: much detail, and I glossed over it in here, but it exists out there there's so much information. Should you like to want to dig in more um
0: yeah, if you want to go down that rabbit hole or or tap hole as the case may be, <laughs> yeah. it's there.
1: It is there. <laughs> and I I loved it too because it was like someone told me once you can tell when someone is really good at their job if their website's bad <laughs> because they're too busy to update <laughs> to their update website. Their site, yeah. And it it was so it's very much like that. <laughs> it was very very bad. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If you're listening, If uh, whatever museum it was, it was great. I loved the whole thing. Great experience. Um, okay, so we do have a little bit of science for you. We do. But first, one more quick word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies.
0: There are folk remedies aplenty involving maple sap and syrup, perhaps mostly for digestive and throat sort of issues. But it's also been taken orally for all kinds of things, mostly in the preventative category. But there is some maple syrup science in terms of medicine. There is a compound in maple syrup that may help fight inflammatory diseases like arthritis.
1: A compound, you say? A compound! Oh, (laughs)
0: As as you boil maple sap into syrup, one of the molecules that forms has been found to make our immune system just kind of chill out mm-hmm. a little bit. Uh, specifically, it it inhibits the secretion of a couple pro-inflammatory signal proteins. In inflammation, is part of the body's useful immune system of, of getting extra resources to an injured area to help it heal. But in diseases like arthritis, the immune system has started attacking your own healthy tissue causing needless inflammation and pain and reduced function. And a lot of the current medicines for treating this, you know, steroids, for example, have, have seriously negative side effects, especially when used in the long term. So this compound out of maple syrup is potentially really amazing.
1: <laughs> that sounds like something my uncle would say about me. It's
0: She's potentially really amazing. <laughs> More more work needs to be done. Yes.
1: She could get there, though.
0: <laughs> Dang. Uh, uh, researchers named, not, not you or your uncle, but rather this <laughs> compound, um, Quebecol. Oh, I love it. After Quebec. Yeah. And they've been able to synthesize it, which is extra great, because that way you don't have to take large amounts of maple syrup to get this compound out of. Uh, yeah, and more research is needed. More work is needed,
1: but... <laughs> Potentially really amazing. <laughs>
0: yeah. And there's more. More? Yes. Quebecol and a few other compounds in maple syrup have been found to inhibit the growth of some cancerous cells and to boost the effectiveness of antibiotics. And the higher-grade syrups, the, the darkest ones, typically harvested later in the year as the maple trees start to prepare for their new growing season, they have the most of these compounds in them. Interesting. hmm which does not mean that you should just go out and start dousing everything in the most expensive maple syrup that you can find. No. No. Um, but it does mean that in like five or ten years, treatments that use extracts of maple syrup may be helping us all stay
1: healthier. That's cool. Thanks, maple syrup. Thank you, maple syrup. <laughs> just using you on pancakes. But all alone you had our health in mind. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of honey a little bit.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's... Stuff that plants make is good for us sometimes.
1: Sometimes. And
0: stuff that bees vomit is good for us sometimes, too.
1: Yeah. Sometimes. (laughs) You heard it here first. (laughs) And this brings us to... Listener Listener
4: Mail.
1: Oh, that was a good one. We're getting better at this. We are. We're we're refining our method. (laughs) Slowly but surely. <laughs> Eventually, we're just going to have to have a Broadway show.
0: Oh, clearly.
1: that's This is the start, the seed, but it, we will flourish.
0: Is it going to be about the Dunker?
1: <laughs> the Dunker will be in it. Okay. The Dunker will be in it. Um, <laughs> well, we still have a lot of work to do, but I think we'll get there. Yeah. <laughs>
0: potentially <All right>. amazing.
1: <laughs> well, yes, yeah, potentially really amazing, everyone. <laughs> Nick wrote, I was recently listening to your episode on expiration dates um, and best before dates. You both indicated that you've tried to make sense of a lot of codes printed on food packaging but couldn't figure it out. Yes. Um, (laughs) I've worked for two large consumer food manufacturers, and I thought I would shed some light on this. No two companies are going to use the same coding system, but most will share some common features. Many large companies use a Julian date to represent the date the food was packaged. This will usually be a four-digit code where the first number represents the year and the other three start with 001 for January 1st and go all the way through 365 for December 31st. Leap years throw everything off because it will go up to 366 those years. They always throw things off those leap years. Um, (laughs) So, for example, today, which was April 16th, 2018, will be written as 8106. Eight for the year, 106 because it's the 106th day of this year. Huh. Every food QA person worth his or her salt will have a Julian date calendar handy for just this purpose. The other numbers are harder to figure out, but usually represent the the manufacturing location, the line the product was produced on, and the time the product was packaged. It can be a very confusing system going from one company to the next, but once you know the code, it's awesome how much information is hidden in that little string of numbers and letters. Ah. Yes, I, I, especially since starting this show, I can often be found in the local publics just staring <laughs> at packages trying to make sense of things. And that number, I've, I've never been able to, I was nowhere <laughs> close. Nowhere near. So thank you very much, Nick, for illuminating yeah, string of numbers for us. Uh, I love that there's like a little calendar that you would just carry around. Just like, carry around, oh, just oh, flip yes. out. Yeah, The 215th day of the year. We need to get one of those. Oh, again. we absolutely do. Yeah. All right, let's figure that out. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Maggie wrote... I just finished listening to your Edibles episode from sunny Los Angeles and wanted to tell you what a party for 20 was this year. Since cannabis is now legal for adult use, everyone, as you noted, has jumped on the bandwagon. Restaurants, ice cream shops, bars, and more were offering specials and continue to do so on a regular basis with cannabis oil. There was signage all over town celebrating the holiday as well as multiple festivals over the weekend. On 420, I went to my favorite dispensary, and they had $4.20 specials. After dealing with insomnia and depression, I decided to try edibles and got my medical card about a year ago. It's been really wild how much my perspective on the drug has changed. It truly is a great way to relax without the fear of a hangover or creating an unhealthy habit. Everything in moderation, of course." I'm so glad that you did this episode, and I hope it helps to destigmatize what can be a truly helpful thing for a lot of people
1: yeah I wrote back and to me this is wild that we're in the same country, yeah, I can't fathom
0: it's so different here <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, yeah very 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 different, but that's really that's really cool to hear about um and yeah it's it can be helpful, helpful for people. And I hope that it, it, we do get rid of the stigma yeah. someday. The stigma and the laws. It's work work forward. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Moving forward. But <laughs> um, Thank you to both of them. For writing in. As always, thanks to everyone who's sending pictures of pets. Oh, my the goodness, yes. Names. oh, Keep it coming. So the best. Yes. Our email is foodstuff at howstuffworks.com. We'd love to hear from you.
0: Yes. You can also reach us on social media. We are on Facebook and Twitter at foodstuffhsw. Stands for How Stuff Works. We're also on Instagram at foodstuff. We hope to hear from you. Thank you, as always, to our super producer, Dylan Fagan, who's invisible right now. I think he'll be coming back onto this wavelength relatively soon.
1: He is a super a superhero. Yes, and invisibility is one of his many gifts.
0: It is. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh no, we've revealed his secret.
0: Oh oh, <laughs> oh we did. It's not like we gave away his
1: superhero name. We're the worst. We
0: <laughs> <laughs> never trust us with your superhero Dylan secret.
1: Can never edit this out either. <laughs> 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 that is not within the realm of his superhero abilities. <laughs>
0: Thank you to you for listening and for keeping Dylan's secret. Right. And, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way.
1: Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Annie Reese. And today on Foodstuff, we're trying an experiment. Um, well, Dylan and I, our super producer, Dylan, Uh, Um, we've been talking about cloning, and, uh, well, I figured it out. So, there are two Annies in the studio now. It is weird. I'm trying to, like, not freak out about it. We haven't told the scientific community or anything, because, um, I don't know. it It feels like it could be used for evil, don't you think, Annie? Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, I appreciate that I, um that I exist. But, uh, I mean, yesterday I was nothing, and now I'm a 29-year-old woman who's just always hungry, and I'm not, like, not sure what to do or what any of this all means. Yeah, I think we all feel that way. It, it, well, I mean, you're only a day old right now, so yeah, you're just going to have to get used to it. Um, and the way that I do that is by eating a lot of food, I'm drinking drinking a lot of beer, wine. Um, I rent a lot, too. I mean, you find things to distract yourself, I suppose. But anyway, just try not to, like, be too weirded out by this whole situation. Okay? Lauren will be back later. She's really busy. And um, we needed a quick fix. So it's two 80s today. And we're going to talk about maple syrup. Unfortunately... Um, I was really counting on having Lauren here for this because uh, I've actually never had a real maple syrup, and neither have you. <laughs> Clearly, she's only existed for one day. Um, oh, man, I got to say it. It's so strange because, like, if you... I'm worried I'm going to be very, very jealous of, like, the life that you get up to. Maybe you're going to try maple syrup before me, and that's going to be really upsetting. And I also... Just the dynamic we're going to have, like, i to be honest, I'm always going to see you a bit different because you're, you're like, you might be 29, but you don't have the lived experience that I do. So it's like you're a child. It's so strange. Anyway, back to maple syrup. I'm so sorry. Um, (laughs) I think, I think what would be best is um, maybe we should wait for Lauren. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel.
2: What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds.
4: Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a and Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Haya.